Well, good morning and welcome to you. Uh, welcome to those here uh, at 9.30, those uh, in the chapel at the well, uh, and those upstairs in the loft at the Well Cafe, uh, as well as those worshiping online. We may have some, uh, some groggy parents after uh, prom last weekend or worshiping online or, uh, or others uh, here on this uh, damp Sunday morning, but uh, pleased to be with you this morning. Uh, though that, uh, I hope that video was heartwarming for you. There may be some who are feeling a little extra anxiety at this moment that I want to address. If, if if you're concerned because you're thinking, I didn't know it was Father's Day, it's, it's not, okay? So you didn't miss anything, you got about a month, uh, uh, hopefully in just a few moments uh, you'll understand why we shared that video. I, I'll tell you that when we were watching that uh, uh, as we were preparing for this weekend, uh, you remember the scene where the, uh, the young woman is obviously there for a job interview and she looks at the chair next to her. And half, half of the group that was watching that, they were, they were really sad because they thought, oh, her father's dead. And then the rest of us were like, well, no, it's just weird to bring your dad to a job interview. That's why he's not there. Uh, anyways, so in recent weeks, uh, we've been talking about what's next. That's a series that we just finished up a few weeks ago. And today uh, at 12.15, uh, we'll be gathering together as a church uh, for a church conference. So if you're here at 9.30, uh, you can come back um, uh, around 12.15, if you're not going to be here at the 11 o'clock hour, those who are here during the 11 o'clock hour will be over here in our sanctuary. Uh, we're going to be bringing some important things before uh, our church as we think about, again, the future of our church, the plans that our, our building team has put together. And just as I did last week, I told you this week, I was going to answer uh, one of the additional frequently asked questions that's been, uh, been offered to me. But I first want to share with you some information from the survey that our church did uh, over the last few weeks, uh, a church-wide survey just about these plans and, and your response to them, uh, your, your sense of is this where God is leading us and, and how, uh, how adequately informed you feel uh, about making these decisions. I want to say first that uh, 86% said they felt adequately informed and I just want you to know from me personally that means a great deal to me and it means, means a great deal to me because uh, I want you as a church to, to know what you need to know to make the best decisions for, for your future and so whenever somebody comes and asks me a question or emails me a question uh, I always uh, try to remember to first say thank you, thank you for asking the question, uh, and then at the end of the conversation to remind them, hey, if, if anyone ever comes and asks a question of you, and uh, would you please tell them, hey, David would love to respond uh, to your question, uh, uh, questions, whatever they might be. I cannot respond to what you will not express. That's also marriage counseling advice, by the way, but... Uh, <laughs> But I really believe that, really believe that. So I appreciate your questions and the chance to, to answer those. But one specific question we asked of you in this survey uh, that relates to what I want to talk about today was, do you believe the projects outlined are a faithful response uh, to God's leading in our church? There were three different uh, answers that you could provide, no, yes, or not quite sure. 3% uh, said no, 74% said yes, and 23% said they were unsure. And the reason that I wanted to lift this up to you is the, the main reason for those who found themselves in this category of we're just not sure, the main reason that they lifted was, was what potential debt we might uh, have as a church family going into the future uh, as we look at, these, at the, look at these projects. And so what I wanted to address with you I think will make those who were here in the 23% or anywhere in this uh, who, who have that same concern maybe address that for you as you think about the process that we're going through. So here's what we're going to do today. Uh, as we gather together today, what's before our church uh, is the potential of purchasing an additional piece of property. 
uh, which will primarily be used for office space, freeing up space here on our uh, main campus in this centralized area for ministry and programming. That'll be before our congregation. And then the second thing is to affirm uh, plans for a capital campaign this fall. That capital campaign uh, is the process that we go through is we look at what we can do together. We look at what we as a family of faith can pledge to give to these projects to prepare for the future. Uh, Today, we're not voting to build anything. Uh, We will actually do that at a later uh, church conference. We'll have another church-wide gathering, and that that, that future church conference, which I can't tell you exactly when that's going to be because we won't do that until we have three things. We'll know what we have pledged to give together to the plans that have been shared with our church family. We'll know what the firm bid is on the costs of any construction that we're going to do. And we'll know what the plan is for any additional debt that we, may, uh, that we may incur as we move forward. So I want you to understand that we're in a process and we're in a process of making wise decisions about what we can do together. Uh, So this is what we'll do in the future. You've heard what we're going to do today, and hopefully that gives you uh, some sense of assurance as you think about where we are in that process and how we're planning uh, for the future of our church. Uh, I want you to know that that you have been represented well uh, by the lay leaders who've really done all this work. Uh, I did not serve on the, the, the building planning team. I did get voted to be the spokesperson. Uh, but, but what I've shared with you is really their work. Uh, and, and I want you to know they've, they've worked really hard over the, over the course of the last year. Uh, and I'm very grateful to them for all of their service. I know, I know you are as well. So uh, as your pastor, uh, that's now my last word on what's before you today. And, and I hope you'll be there at 1215 because the decision is now is now yours. So back to that non-Father's Day, Father's Day video uh, that we opened with. We're, we started a series last week uh, that we said is really centered on the idea of community, that we need uh, in our life, we need to be in relationship with one another. One of our core values is that shared lives lead to changed lives, that for you to become the person that God intends you to be, you cannot do that work alone. You need relationships in your life. You need people in your life. You need to be connected to a, a, a body of faith, a community uh, that surrounds you. We said that community is at the heart of what it means to be the church and also why we need the church. And we're looking at community through the lens of, of three primary relationships. With Mother's Day last weekend uh, and with graduations and other things happening here at the end of May, we wanted to talk about mothers and fathers, and mentors, and the way in which each of these relationships are critical for us in our life, the the idea that what every child needs is what every person needs. We all need these types of relationships in our life, and what what we're looking at today is really the rest of last week's message. So so this is sort of a two-parter. The reason we didn't do it all last week is because well, then the service would have been an hour and a half long, and none of you would have come back this week. So we split it in half. But I want to connect back to what we were looking at last week because they really are, uh, th- today is really a continuation of where we were before. So if you were here last week, you know that our primary scripture that we looked at was Genesis 1, 26 through 28. The sixth day of creation where God brings into existence humanity. And in particular, verse 27 says this, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. 
And to understand the significance of what we find here in Genesis 1.27, I ask you to think about it in this way. That in the image of the one, the one created the two. In the image of the one God, what Genesis 1.27 says, is he created the two, male and female. And so last week we talked about that if you want to understand the one... If, you, if we as a community of faith have this value of celebrating and affirming the one God, everything that God is, you really have to have a, a, the presence and an appreciation of each of the two. There is a divine purpose that both male and female uh, fulfill within the community, the body that is the church. Now what I didn't share with you last week, but I think it's important to hear as we transition into our, our topic this week, thinking about fathers and fathers in the faith, connecting it back to mothers and mothers in the faith, I, I want you to hear this idea, that we live in a culture that diminishes the image and value of women and a culture that debases the image and value of men. That's the culture in which we live. And so last week, when we talked about the application of Genesis 127, and this idea, looking at moms, moms in the faith, and the women of our church, the idea that they are created in the image of God, the application of that was to celebrate and affirm that women not only have a place in the church, they have a purpose in the church, a divine purpose in the church, a, a role that only they can fill. And so I shared with you and I invited also the men of our community to join me in affirming and celebrating, planting these seeds of faith in uh, the women of our church, but also in the young daughters of our church to say, we need you. We need your faith. We need your witness. We need your life. We need, uh, we need your service. We need you to teach. We need you to preach. We need you to lead. We need you to listen. We need you to influence. We need you to inspire. We need you to do what only you can do. The church needs you. Because part of what we want to do as a church is to work against that, that false notion that, that, that is present so often in our culture that diminishes the image and the value of, of women. Genesis 127, part of what's so important for us when we think about that in relationship to the world in which we live is it pushes back on this, these false notions, whether we think about it from the perspective of females or from males. So what does that mean this week as we look at fathers and fathers of the faith? And again, thinking about the way in which the culture debases the image and the value of men. So, so let me share with you an observation. And it, it, there's a little bit of danger in sharing observations, especially when they're generalized. When you're talking about uh, males and females because someone's going to say, well, that's not me or that's not her. So, so this is just my observation. This is one of the things that pastors do, by the way. We watch and we listen and we think about the world as it is and we think about the world as God intended it to be we think about our life our life as it is and the life that God intends us to live and we think about the gap between those two things part of what the role of a pastor is is to is to help and inspire people to close that gap to close the, the gap in your home in your workplace in your own life and in all of our lives together so here's my observation my observation is that women are often the ones who are raising the bar for other women. And men are often the ones who are lowering the bar for other men. 
And neither one of these are healthy tendencies. So let me, let me express this to you. This is, this is how I have observed this when it comes to moms. Okay, I'm not picking on you moms, but, but here's just an observation. Moms tend to encourage other moms to worry about who is the perfect mom. Have you noticed this? Is this resonating at all? That, that maybe there's this, this, this fear of, of not being the, the perfect mom and it's somehow stirred among other mothers. So for instance, you, you just think about it this way. You go, to, you go to dinner and seated next to you is a young family, a mom and a dad and a four-year-old son. And for whatever reason, the four-year-old son has not yet fully matured in all the manners that you would expect uh, for someone to have at the table. Have, have you ever experienced this? Mom, dad, and here's the four-year-old, and he's not behaving, and he's throwing food, and everything's going bad. And what dad is probably thinking is this. He should really be a better kid. What's mom thinking? I should be a better mom. We're just different. We think differently about that. And often we have women who are raising the bar in, in some ways in an unhealthy way for, for other women. But men are often lowering the bar for other men. Not in every area, but in many areas. This is what, this is what men do. This is what our culture encourages men to do. So let me just give you a couple of thoughts of what our culture says about men. What's the, what's the dominant narrative about men and who they are and how they're wired and how they behave and what we can appropriately expect of men. Our culture says that men are just consumers. They can't help it. It's just what they do. They are fundamentally incapable of commitment. Restraint is not a virtue that most men possess. It's not one that we honor or we value. We have little expectation that men or young boys can live with any great level of self-control. After all, boys will be boys. Men are slaves to the pursuit of pleasure. They cannot help it. Uh, but want, they cannot help but want to dominate and control. Men are fundamentally rebellious creatures. It's just who they are. They can't help it. So you can't really get too upset by what you may consider to be their boorish behavior because it's just who they are. So if you can find one who has any level of commitment or faithfulness or can stay awake in the middle of your story, you should just be happy because that's really the highest of the expectations that you can have of men because it's just who they are. Now, I know there may be some men who are thinking, David, why are you letting all of our secrets out? I don't, I don't want my wife to know that I know how to load the dishwasher or I can, in fact, fold laundry. But, 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 but hear me, this is the culture in which we live that, 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 that affirms the idea of of, of low expectations and men often participate in this for the sake of other men. Let me give you an example of that. So for many years I was a part of a, a, a group on Saturday mornings, a group of men that came together just to connect and, and share about their life. And over the course of many years, the, the, the guys who were part of that group on an, on, in an ongoing basis, I know that we were, we were consistently surprised that we kept getting up early on Saturday morning to come together. But the relationships that we formed there were so valuable to us. The time was so valuable to us that we found ourselves doing on a Saturday morning what we would not have otherwise done, gotten together early to, to connect. And over the course of many years, I saw many men come into that group for the first time. 
And it was always interesting to see the way in which they interacted with a group of men that was so much different than any other group of men they had ever been a part of. We always started by just checking in on our week. Hey, how are things going? What's going on in your life? And, and if you brought a new guy with you, you knew that you were probably going to start because we tried to go around the circle so that the person who was brand new would be able to go at the end. They could kind of see how things work. And I remember one particular guy showed up. Uh, he, he observed everybody as we went around the room and it got to him and he introduced himself and he talked about his family, he talked about his life, told us what he did. And, and then he started to do what men do. He started to share the things that men often share. He was trying to connect with the guys in the group in the same way that he had throughout his life learned to connect with other guys in his life. He, he started to talk about his, about his wife and all the things that she wanted him to do over the course of the last week. My wife, oh, she's been on me about doing all this stuff. He was, he was talking about how he, she was nagging him and, and, and trying to be kind of funny about it and, you know, the old ball and chain, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and he was doing this to connect with the guys. And, and his hope was, what he was thinking was going to happen was that as he was sharing this and kind of, uh, you know, talking about his wife in this, in this particular way, he was expecting everyone to laugh. Because that's what guys do. But nobody laughed. We all just sat there. And it was really uncomfortable. <laughs> and and, and, and I, as I observed him, I could, I could just see that moment of panic set in. As he thought, well, what works everywhere else doesn't work here. The, this is different. <laughs> Than, than, than what I've experienced before. The values of this group are so much different than any other group I've been a part of before. It was an awkward, uncomfortable moment. And over the course of years, of guys stepping into that group, there were some who dealt with that awkwardness and discomfort by recognizing that they didn't have to play by those other rules. That here was actually a group of men who who cared about being godly men. And, and for those guys, it was, it was refreshing. It was renewing. It was a, it was a breath of fresh air. This is, this is the group of guys that I really want to be a part of. That's how they responded to it. But for some of them, for some of those new guys, it was just too uncomfortable. It was, it was so easy just to withdraw back into the strong current of a culture that would preach a message of very low expectations of men. So I want you to hear part of what we as a, as a church, when we think about the community, uh, the, the health of the community in which we, we want to foster, part of what we want to do for, for men, we want to we encourage men that as they think about their, their own life and the way that they think and process about themselves and and the way they may interact with this culture of low expectations that, that our men would be challenged with the idea that that is beneath the greatness and glory of your original design. That it's beneath the greatness and glory of the one in whose image you have been created. And that this culture of low expectations is, is not what we want to foster in the church. We want to, in the church, remind men 
that they've been created in the image of God, that within them is a reflection of the greatness and glory of God. And they've been called to something so much more than what our culture describes when we think about what it means to be a successful man. So on June 1st, we're going to have another event we've been doing uh, for the last year called Guys Night Out. Uh, And here's what we do at Guys Night Out. We get together and we have a really good meal. We spend almost all our money on the meal. We do not reheat lasagna for Guys Night Out. I've been to too many church gatherings where we had reheated lasagna. We don't do that. We have good food. We spend all our money on the food. Nothing is spent on the decorations for the table. Nothing. We don't even need silverware. Just give us some food. That's, that's what Guys Night Out is about. We have a, a, a great time. The, I've described it as a, a time for guys to get together, to have fun, the type of fun that won't get you in trouble with your wife or with your mother. That's what we do at Guys Night Out, to connect with one another. We bring in a speaker. And, and the person that we bring in, all we ask them to do, just share your story. Just share how faith has shaped your life. Uh, we, we often do that in an interview format so that's real comfortable. The reason we do that is because that's something that most men struggle to do, just to talk about their story. Just to talk about how faith is an active reality in their life. And so on June 1st, we have a guy coming in uh, who had uh, his, his first career, his primary career was a, a military chaplain. And in the course of that, he began to think about, well, what about, what about all those guys? What about everyone who is serving in uh, the, the marketplace, in the workplace. So what about them and, and, and the idea of, uh, of their own need for a chaplain? He started a brand new ministry, Marketplace Ministries, where uh, they put chaplains into, into company environments. And so today, 1,500 chaplains all across the nation serving 750,000 employees in, in multiple organizations across this country. He's going to come and he's going to share that story. Just about how faith shaped his life and and how that led him into, into this work. To, to, to help men think about their own life. And what faith looks like in the everyday reality of their life. We want to help men connect with one another. Because most men don't do that well. They don't do that well. They don't connect with one another. They don't encourage one another. They don't listen to one another. They don't realize how isolated their lives are. And that's one of the things that we're doing at Guys Night Out is to help men uh, learn to, to live right and to, and to lead well because uh, I believe that's what most men want to do. They just don't know how to do it. This fall, we're going to have an event. You heard about this in, in our opening announcements, an event for fathers and sons, a one-day event uh, where, again, they get to get together in the morning and have some fun, go out to a ranch, play some paintball. Again, good food, lots of meat. And over the course of the afternoon, uh, those fathers are going to be guided uh, in the one-on-one conversations with their sons, empowering those dads to speak about faith with their, with their sons, to talk about some of the challenges of growing from a, from a young boy, a, a young man, to becoming a godly man in the world in which we live, to speak, back, to speak against the low expectations of the culture in which they live And to invite those young boys to think about the high expectations of the God that they serve. For some of of the 
the young boys who will be a part of that event, they'll be connecting with someone who is already or we are praying will be a father in the faith to them. Because for whatever reason, they, they don't have a relationship with their biological father. And we want to make sure that that young man has a connection with a godly man who's pouring into them and encouraging them. That's a long way away. That's, that's this fall. But I share with you just those two expressions because I want you to hear that the church is a place, the church should be a place, and we want to be a place where we're raising the bar and reminding fathers and fathers in the faith that there is a capacity to their life, to their influence, that God has challenged them to live into. It's a capacity that, that not only enables them to, to influence and inspire the, the other men that they have in their life, but also a capacity to inspire and help grow the children that God has entrusted to them in their life. That we as a family of faith, as a community, we need healthy, committed, mature, and growing women. Leaders who are encouraging and inspiring one another and investing in the community of faith. But we also need healthy, committed, mature, and growing Men who are investing in one another, who, who want to raise the bar in their own life and want to raise the bar for one another. So as we think about that community and specifically for the men who are here this weekend, I want to I challenge you to do a couple things. The first thing I want to challenge you to do is, uh, is to do a 360 review. Just to look around your life 360 degrees and I want to challenge you to think about the men that you are sharing your life with, the friends that you have in your life, and to simply ask yourself this question. Am I surrounding myself with people who are raising the bar or people who are lowering the bar? Do I have significant relationships with other men in my life? Because again, most men don't realize how isolated they are. They don't realize that because of that isolation, they are in danger of that devastating decision that may cost them more than they ever realized. And men often don't recognize it until the decision has already been made, the mistake has already happened, and there's nothing they can do to change that. So who are you sharing life with? Who are the people around you? And are they people of high expectations or low expectations? The second thing, and you don't have to tell anyone else this. You don't have to confess it to anyone else. You don't have to write it down. But simply test yourself. To test yourself, test your own thoughts, your own feelings, your own, uh, the, the way you approach your professional life, your personal life. And just to ask, am I a person of low expectations? Or am I a person of high expectations? Am, am I, am I the, the, the type of father that just expects, well, she's going to raise the kid? Or, or am I the type of dad or a father in the faith that is, that is intentionally investing my life and my faith into, into the next generation? And then the last thing, again, get connected. Because, again, most men don't know. They don't know how isolated they are and how dangerous a life they are living because they lack a community, a community around them that is in, encouraging them, helping them to think about their life in a different, in a different way. The church, the church is more than just a place we show up. The church is something we are meant to embody for one another. It's a community of people sharing life 
with one another. And if you hear nothing over the ne- uh, uh, nothing else over these last two weeks, I want you to hear that we want to be a place that is developing and growing and maturing, healthy, committed women who are inspiring others within the community in tremendous ways. And we want to be a place that is growing and maturing, healthy, committed men. Because in the image of the one, the one created the two. And so for a community to be about the one, to be about celebrating the one, to be about sharing the one, we want, we want health, we want growth, we want maturity in each, in each of the two. Let's pray together. Loving God, we lift to you today your church. And we pray, Lord, that you would give us wisdom, that you would give us guidance to be the church that you have called us to be. That you, Lord, would inspire within this body women who are continuing to grow and being nurtured into into leaders, into teachers, uh, uh, into living lives of great inspiration and service for the sake of your kingdom. And we pray that same thing, Lord, for the men in our church, that you are also challenging and inspiring them, that they are growing and maturing and becoming key influencers in their workplaces, in their homes, and in all the relationships that they have. Lord, we pray that this would be a place where where all who are here would, would be reminded that they have been created in your image that their life reflects the greatness and glory that is your greatness and your glory. And that within each and every one of us, there is a capacity, Lord, to, to share that blessing with the world. So as we are the church gathered and as we are the church scattered, Lord, send us forth with a clear understanding of who we can be by the power of your grace And by the power of your spirit, enable us to be your church. We pray today in Jesus' name. Amen.